Hi again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to this week's podcast on moresportsnow.com. As once again, we are pleased to welcome the New York Daily News beat writer covering the New York Giants, Pat Leonard. Just a quick note, Steve and John are on assignment, unable to join us this week. And so it's a solo ride for yours truly. As we welcome Pat in with training camp underway in East Rutherford. Pat, how has the first week or 10 days or whatever it's been for the Giants gone? Well, Matt, it's glad, uh, it's great to be one-on-one with you. I mean, this is like an intermission, you know, during a double <laughs> Rangers game now, going back a few years. So yeah. I feel right at home here. Uh, yeah, no, at, at Giants camp, I'll tell you how it's going. There's a lot of optimism. You know, when you go from 3-13 and 13 to 0-0 zero and zero clean slate, there's no reason to feel anything but positive about where things can go. New coach, new GM. There are reasons to have hesitation about how much the Giants can turn around this year. Offensive line, how much better is it? Secondary depth, do they have it? Uh, Eli Manning, can he play a better brand of football than he has in recent seasons? But by and large, Odell Beckham Jr. being here, Saquon Barkley's draft pick and his performance so far, and the team's attitude overall, and really limit so far, knock on wood, for any major injuries uh, have everybody excited out here. Just to let everyone know, prior to taking over the Giants beat, Pat did cover the New York Rangers for the Daily News, and he was always a welcomed guest during Devil's Intermissions. And uh, I thanked him then, and I'll thank him once more for taking time out at that moment when you're trying to get your information back to headquarters under deadline pressure to give us a few moments to talk about what was taking place during a particular period or two. All right, so to me, the story for the Giants, and there are so many that still bear watching, as you alluded to, is that it has been quiet. Odell Beckham Jr. is there and he's saying all the right things and the Giants seem to be working towards some sort of an agreement. But by the way, where are they cap-wise? Are they going to have to make a move here to create space for him? No, they don't. Because oh, cool. Okay. The, the, well, the extension, I mean, they're not great on cap space now. I mean, they're pretty limited here uh, as far as like pretty close up against it. But extending Beckham would really, it would really be extending him past this year. Gotcha. And then adding guaranteed money, signing bonus money now to his contract now. So they wouldn't be uh, crushing themselves this season, 2018 by extending him. Okay. So he's been quiet. He's saying all the right things. The giants are doing their business. Uh, Eli Apple. And we were all wondering what the heck is going on with this kid. It's been kind of quiet with him too. Pat Shermer seems to be running a, a controversy free camp. He seems to be in charge, liked by the players, liked by the media and don't think that's not important. I think to me, that's the story. Calm. It's tranquilo in East Rutherford. Yeah, yeah, no, very well said. And I, I think you're right on the money that Pat Shermer has a lot to do with that. Um, I think it, not only just how he's handled the media and handled the team, but also how he's handled Beckham in particular. And, uh, you know, went out and saw him out in California when they were doing their visits to quarterbacks and the pre-draft process. And he's really established a relationship with Beckham and gotten him on board and on the same page with what the Giants are trying to do. Now, we will see as the days and weeks go by here and deeper into August if it remains no controversy out of Giants because we do know a couple of things. One, the other day in practice, not only did Eli Apple hurt his left knee, we don't know how serious it is, but also uh, kind of left the drill under protest after – he and Evan Ingram got into it. Pat Shermer tossed them because he said, listen, that would be a penalty in the game. Take a few players up, plays off. 
And Apple took a little while to get off the field. One of the assistants had to escort him. He was kind of giving them some attitude. So you don't want to see that kind of thing, especially when you're not deep behind him. And then on the Beckham side of things, uh, there was a report just as this week begins um, from ESPN that the Beckham camp is now no longer here in New York and that the Giants and, and Zeke Santu, Beckham's agent, were trying to get a deal done last week but that they weren't able to agree on Beckham's true market value. And actually, the ESPN report was that the Giants are offering Beckham an average money per year lower than what Sammy Watkins with the Chiefs is getting, which would be $16 million. And there's a lot of reporting and information behind this that we still need to do. But the bottom line is, if that's where the Giants are looking to pay Beckham, a deal would not get done, and then the drama would escalate from there. Yeah, no question. And, of course, Pat's the man to watch as uh, that story unfolds. I did not realize that Eli Apple had that little incident. And so, uh, you know, that's bad on me, but maybe maybe his uh, attitude hasn't changed all that much. But, again, it bears watching. We shall see. But what are the Giants waiting for? And what are, you know, we know what Beckham, you just laid it out, what he's waiting for. I mean, what, what more do the Giants want to see? What are their cause for concern in terms of where they feel he ranks in the National Football League among wide receivers? Well, I, th- I mean, I think the, the Giants know as well as anybody that on any given Sunday, he can be the best receiver in the league on that day and that he's one of the top, let's say, five or three, however, whatever you want to say. He's definitely a top five wide receiver, and the Giants know that. The Giants also know, and it's easy to see when you watch them on the practice field, even how good Saquon Barkley is and how they have a lot of talent on the offense as well, they need Beckham. You know, you go back to when they were 11 and five, two years ago, it was basically a great defense and Beckham bailing the offense out. And even though this year they hope the running game will be better, their offensive line may not be as uh, dramatically improved as they would like it to be right away. They have a lot of new faces, some young, uh, you know, some youth and Will Hernandez, maybe a new center. So as far as Beckham goes, the Giants, they, you know, they got tired of his behavior and Beckham got the message. Uh, you know, he realized that he almost had everything taken away from him from his broken ankle where he couldn't play anymore last year to then the Giants actually discussing trading him to the Rams. And so then, you know, as he said the other day to us, Beckham, my whole world got turned upside down. Um, so now, even though the Giants are prepared to pay him, it's still in the back of their minds. You know, can we really control this guy? Is this guy really, you know, is he only going to do nine times out of 10 what we need a giant star to do? Or will it be 10 times out of 10? So those are the hangups and the things that are leading them maybe to lowball him a little bit in these contract offerings because um, they know he's great, but there are some circumstances that could give them pause. And that's understandable given their relationship. Uh, however, the longer they push it, isn't that interesting? It can become self-fulfilling because, listen – Every football player understands the potential brevity of a career and wants their money and they want the guarantee bonuses and all that sort of stuff. And so now Beckham's camp is probably thinking, well, we've kind of chilled. We've matured. We're showing them what you want. So why are you waiting? And the Giants want to wait a little longer. And that just increases the heat on Beckham's side. Like, how much more can I do? I'm being a good soldier. I'm doing everything you ask. Uh, I'm smiling. I'm shutting up. I'm on time, et cetera, et cetera. And the more they don't come to an agreement or the longer they don't come to an agreement, 
the more there's a chance that there'll be an incident which would prove the Giants' point. Well, maybe you're not our guy. It's kind of a crazy catch, potential catch-22. Right. Well said. No, well said. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, what we don't know yet is, so let's say the report is true that the Giants are offering him lower than $16 million a year. Now, if they actually expect him to accept anything close to that, then a deal won't get done. But if that is their starting point and the Giants start, or, and Beckham's starting point and his agent is closer to, you know, 19 million, then, you know, a, a 17.1, 17.2 million middle ground where he jumps over Antonio Brown, at least for this year, as the highest paid receiver on an annual basis, then that makes sense if that's just the middle ground they're going to get to. And we've seen in the past the Giants have taken Eli Manning down to, the 11th hour with a contract extension a couple of years or several years ago, I think three years ago. And um, so they have done it to star players before. And so it could, it could go that way. Or like you said, that's a great point you make Matt too, is that Beckham is in such this um, he's walking the tightrope because if it does come to the point where he has to, you know, hold out or stop coming to practice, or if he gets frustrated and he acts out, then the giants, theoretically could use it as proof of why they don't want to give him all this guaranteed money in the first place. Yeah. And what we do forget, of course, is that and and you pointed it out with the Eli negotiations. It's not like this is the first time any team anywhere has traveled this road. The player and his agent understandably want the most money they can get. And I believe a player should get every last nickel he can because careers are short. And despite the fact that the NFL puts uh, billions uh, into its coffers each year and the uh, Mara family and the Tish family (laughs) certainly don't have to have a charity ball thrown for them. Uh, They are wealthy entities and the Giants make a lot of money. You know, they're not in the business of giving it away either. So, look, we've been here. It'll get resolved, I presume. But it certainly does bear watching. There's no question about that. Hey, what are your first impressions of uh, Saquon Barkley? Or maybe at this point, second or third impressions? <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'll tell you this. What sticks out to me, you know, I'm, I, I want to badly see him play in full contact, like regular, regular season game, week one against Jacksonville. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't get to see when guys aren't hitting and he doesn't have to make a man miss uh, to, to escape and get a first down, let's say. But what you can see in, in practice and training camp, as a receiver, Saquon Barkley is going to really open things up for the offense, for, Sa- uh, for Pat Shermer, who loves to use running backs as receivers, and for Eli Manning, because when he goes out wide or even in the slot, at first, you notice that linebackers and safeties who typically are covering running backs in pass coverage have trouble keeping up with him. They can't keep up with him. When he makes that first cut, puts his foot in the ground and darts left or right, he's already open. Uh, but then the other day, they split him out wide and he ran a route and beat Janoris Jenkins just on a one-on-one in the red zone. So then you're thinking, wait a second, a team's top corner could have problems with this guy out wide, theoretically. So I think what he can do as far as being versatile, you know, they need to improve the running game and that's a, that's the priority, but what he can be as a receiver for them and as a pass blocker too, that's, that's the kind of thing that shows you that if they want to keep him on the field, all three downs, they can, and that he's versatile enough where last season, Ben McAdoo's offense, you know, we all know was, was so predictable. And when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley on the field, and someone like Pat Shermer calling the plays, 
the defense could end up on its heels much more often, which could help Eli Manning and the Giants offense. No question. You mentioned the Jacksonville game, but the first preseason game is Thursday, and we know what preseason's all about in the NFL. Forget about the fourth game. Only a couple of series early on. That third game everybody focuses on. That's when the starters get a little more time. What can we expect Thursday against Cleveland? Uh, Has Shermer said how he's going to handle it? Who's going to be in early? He hasn't. I I would expect that Odell Beckham won't even be dressed for the game. Um, I wouldn't surprise me if Barkley didn't play or if he if he does play, if he played a series and then that was it. Uh, They've really tapered back his uh, workload here, even in training camp Uh, this past week on Thursday. They ended his practice early just just for maintenance purposes, keeping him fresh. And then on Saturday, he was out on the field, but he didn't really practice at all. Um, and just because they intend to give him a significant workload, um, you know, I think with the first game here, you won't see a ton of first stringers, but you'll see some guys that Shermer wants to get a look at. I would think a guy like Eric Flowers needs to play in this game, for example, a right tackle. Um, and Shermer did say, though, uh, you know, at the owners meetings in Orlando, he told us that he did think it's important that all of his players get some work in in the preseason. So. That'll be worth watching, not only for just all the veterans, but for Beckham if he doesn't have a contract and uh, what his intentions are, including next week's practices in Detroit against the Lions. You know, my, my feeling and my sense from what Beckham said about how it's been a good, good practicing with teammates and everyone's on the same page. I'm not quite sure Shermer and I think I think Shermer and Beckham will be on the same page. And I think that. Uh, they'll probably hold number 13 off the field as as much as uh, as much as possible, maybe frequently. Yeah, no, no sense risking your best offensive player's health in a practice or a meaningless preseason game, especially against another team when there's some guy on that Lions team who's trying to make an impression. <clears throat> excuse me. And he might try to do something to OBJ. So keep him off the field. <laughs> well said, Matt. Yeah. Well yeah, said. Exactly. The, be... the, interest, the interesting thing, no, the interesting thing, just to add to that is I do, like I said, I do think Pat Shermer and Odell Beckham are on the same page with what you just said. I'm just curious whether or not it's going to get to a point where if the contract isn't done, you know, like we see this report about how maybe they're lowballing him, you know, anything where, anything where the talks affect what the risk that Odell is taking on the field. I'll be curious to see if that would lead to him maybe saying, I'm not playing telling him one day to go. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, reading the tea leaves awfully interesting. That's one of the reasons we love sports and why we love uh, speaking with someone like yourself. Who's there uh, at ground zero covering the giants each and every day. Last couple of things. We'll let you go, Pat. uh, And that is, You mentioned that Eric Flowers may see some time because he's got some things to prove. He's moved to the other side of the offensive line, and Lord knows he hasn't been stellar in the early part of his career. Who are some of the other guys that Shermer might want to see because he's going to have some decisions to make? He wants to see who responds in the heat of, even though it's a preseason game, it's still a game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's start at free safety. There's a huge competition at free safety, and by huge, I mean, Shermer has given everybody but me a chance at free safety to prove that they can play there. <laughs> You've been doing um, your 40s? You, you, can you handle it? Yeah, I think I think his problem with me is that I'm a little slow and a little undersized. Other than, other than that, you fit the bill. 
Exactly, exactly. I'm ball hawk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Darian Thompson, who actually started last year, so far has seemed to come out on top, partially because uh, Curtis Riley, a guy they signed in the offseason, has been banged up. You know, it looked like he was starting to maybe uh, stick his neck out a little bit at that position, but then he hurt his hamstring and hasn't been practicing. So we'll see if he goes back in there. Andrew Adams uh, has another guy who's gotten a chance there. Really anywhere in the secondary other than Landon Collins and Janoris Jenkins is my answer to where Shermer and even James Betcher, the D coordinator, really need to see people play and learn whether they're capable and whether they need to sign more guys. They already went and got Leonard Johnson, a veteran backup corner because their corner depth wasn't good enough, both because of injuries and because of guys just not really being up to it. They don't really have a slot guy after uh, releasing Dominique Rogers Cromartie in the offseason, who is still a free agent, by the way. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, flowers, but also just their tackle depth is not strong. Like Chad Wheeler would be the next man up, an undrafted uh, second year out of USC. Well, I actually like what he can do. Would not be surprised if he challenges flowers at right tackle eventually. That's just my opinion. Um, but more than anything, I think just staying healthy and the offensive line as a whole, you know, they might have, they might have. So Nate Solder is one at left tackle. Will Hernandez, uh, the rookie from the second round at left guard. And then maybe Jalapio starting at center. Omame at right guard. And Eric Flowers at right tackle, which would mean five new starters based on people playing new positions, four new starters on the line overall. So I think you need that unit to gel. You know, the Giants love to talk about how their offensive line is uh, hanging out together more. They're eating lunch together. They're pushing the tables together. That's great. Can they block guys on Sunday? Because in training camp so far, the defense and the pass rush have overwhelmed the offensive line. There have been a lot of players in the backfield, a lot of guys in on Eli Manning early. And so that's a concern. And so the offensive line, it, you know, should be improved. They did pay a lot of money to Soldier and Omame, and they draft Hernandez to address it. But will it be improved enough for this offense to be as good as everybody thinks it can be? Yeah, there's certainly uh, potential in the skill positions. And Barkley, as you detailed, gives them an extra threat, perhaps uh, in a pass-catching ability. But if you can't protect the man... Eli is not going to be able to run that offense with uh, without some fear. That's for sure. Hey, how about uh, Evan Ingram and what's going on on the tight end spot? That'll be the last one. We'll let you go. You know, I watch him out here in practice every day. And last year, there's some guys who just stand out as overall freak athletes who can help you every day. And I just think Evan's one of those guys. I'm, I'm not concerned about him. And I think he and Sterling Shepard, as long as Beckham is healthy and gets signed and is on the field, they will really benefit from having Barkley and Beckham attracting the defense away from them and their coverage. All right, Pat, thank you very much for your time. We know it's, uh, as usual, a busy day for you, and uh, we hope to talk to you again down the line. Thanks very much. Of course, always, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the podcast on moresportsnow.com. Once again, thanks to Pat Leonard for giving us a few moments of his time as we discuss the New York football giants. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.